What is up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Straight Edge Wrestling Podcast. This week in wrestling, it is October 19th. We've not got much news to talk about this week, but we'll start with what is obviously the biggest story of the week, which is the story of Mr. Eric Bischoff sadly being fired. No shit, what? <laughs> he was fired unceremoniously from his position as executive director of SmackDown. Well, why would they do that? I know, it's a shocker. And he was replaced by none other... Well, I thought he was working like 11 hour days. 11 hour days? 20, 22 hour days is what I you need. Thought he, I, thought, I thought he was working really hard, like doing 11 hour days, going out some food. No, you need 22 hour days in this business, did you not know? So, Bischoff was fired and he was replaced by Bruce Pritchard oh God, that was this all. week. Yeah, and so, look, it's... When Bischoff was hired... I think we said it on this show. A lot of people said it. Mm-hmm. It was a weird hire. Well, I think even Eric thought it would have been a weird hire. Bet, yeah. He's not really creative. He's always stated that. Yeah, when, when Eric got the call, he must have been like, what? But yeah, it was a weird hire. Um, I thought he was going to last a bit longer than this. Um, I know some people said less time than this. I know Matt Coon said September. <laughs> he thought he was going to be fired. No, I know. Well, he lasted longer than that. Yeah, yeah. He, I know... Uh, Meltzer sort of said like maybe he thought like a year or whatever like not this soon no one ever listens to Dave Meltzer anymore he's lost a plot yep so I don't know it's a it's a really weird one because he he wasn't suited for this job he just wasn't suited for it like he stated so many times on his podcast on interviews he doesn't watch the current product really like you know he watches it casually every now and then but he doesn't watch the product so it's really weird putting him in that position anyway but it's sort of come out over the last couple of days. There's a multitude of reasons why Bischoff was fired. Uh, you know, he didn't know the talent that well. He didn't know the creative that so well. He admits that he doesn't watch the product. Yeah. He, uh, Dave Meltzer says he didn't get on with Fox that well. You can take that as you wish. I don't know. Not really. It's, it's Dave Meltzer. He's unreliable. Yeah. You... He didn't um, have a vision. I think that was the term which can be used. He didn't have a vision for SmackDown. Like, okay, fine, like, whatever. And essentially... How the hell is he supposed to have a vision when he doesn't know what he's going to have or where to go with it? Yeah, and not to mention the fact that we know, because of Road Dog, you know, and all those sort of people who have left, Vince McMahon just changes the script in the last minute. How can you have a vision when you've got like a 70 plus year old man who's just going to change the freaking vision and every can night? Can we safely say the first two official ones on the Fox that Eric Bishop really had that much to do with creativity and Vince McMahon didn't have to do more he with it? he done nothing. he done nothing. Come on, it was Vince. It was Vince's show because Vince had to prove something to Fox, of course. Like, absolutely. And then, let's be honest, Friday and Monday... It's not having bit, bits of Vince shaping stuff around, is it? Yeah, it's all. It, Vince is going to have his hands over everything. He's always going to have his hands over it at the end of the day. It's just what it is. Bischoff didn't have time to settle into that role ever. He was always going to be like handcuffed. And whoever was set up for that role with Fox, with that brand new big money contract, was always going to fail. Always. But... I think one of the most interesting things which has sort of come out of this and like we've briefly talked about it which was Eric Bischoff was looked down upon for sort of going home at 7.30 at night after working all day and not being contactable because Vince McMahon likes to you know hold 
created meetings through to 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and Eric Bischoff didn't like doing that. He didn't, we wasn't there, he didn't like doing that. Well, if he's died at eight in the morning, you know? Yeah, like, I think it's utter horseshit to, to expect that. I'm sorry, but you wouldn't expect that from any other television writer. Television writers aren't on call 24-7. They're not. And executives, sure, they may be on call 24-7, but not to that extent. I'm sorry. They have the ability to have a life. It's obviously not what Eric Bischoff thought it was going to be. But look, he ain't a shareholder. He ain't Vince McMahon. He's not being making going to be making billions of dollars from this company. What the hell should he be working 21-hour days? It's yeah, ludicrous. He's got his own business. It's not like he's going to be going broke anytime soon. Yeah, there's there's some. Um, so he was put up in corporate housing. Obviously, he moved over. He moved right across the country to to, um, to Connecticut. Very and, that decision. Yeah, and he was put up in corporate housing. And Fightful and Sean Ross App has said it, it's not it's not confirmed, but they've said that they think he's being lumped with a lease, like a long term lease. Uh, because he'd obviously planned to stay there for quite some time, not for freaking three months or four months or whatever. So he looks like he's been left with his lease, which is which is a shame. Um, look, Eric can go back to doing his podcast. He can go back to doing all that stuff where he's probably more suited in 2019 at the end of the day. Whatever. The bigger thing is Bruce Pritchard. Yeah. I, I get why. Because oh. Bruce Pritchard is Vince's yes man. Yeah, but he also thinks he's better than he is. Yeah. And that fact that he tries to bring things up from the past and gets it wrong, and that's been proven this week. Yeah, so, okay, yeah, that's a good example. So this week, uh, Bruce Pritchard said in his podcast with Comrade Thompson, he is a stupid little thing about Vince Russo going over Jim Ross's head and going and negotiating contracts with Taz, offering Taz certain amounts of money, certain contract deals, blah, 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 blah. And Comrade Thompson sort of backing Bruce Pritchard up on this. And then Comrade was on Taz's podcast uh, this week and Taz said to him, that never happened. And Comrade said that Vince Russo was a crazy man before Taz corrected him and said, well, actually, Vince never spoke contract with me. Bruce is wrong. He's a liar, basically. Like, he, we never done that. Vince McMahon spoke contract with me. Vince Russo spoke creative with me. And, like, Russo's obviously, he's sort of quite rightly pissed off with this yeah. because he's like, well, you owe me an apology. You can't lie to me about You're this. Right. get an apology. But that's Bruce Pritchard. And what worries me is Vince McMahon doesn't need a yes man right now. Vince McMahon needs someone who's going to go in there and say, Vince, this is shit. Let's change this. This ain't going to work. And that ain't Bruce Pritchard. Yeah, but it's Vince at the moment. He isn't going to listen to people right now. No. It's Vince's way or no way. Exactly. So he wants he wants a Bruce Pritchard there. Bruce Pritchard is like a little what? safety blanket. His tongue all brown. Yeah, basically that. He's just he's just kissing ass. He's 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 a safety blanket. He's there when everyone else is on Twitter is going, "Well, this is shit." Bruce will go, "Don't worry, boss. This is great," because that's all Bruce Pritchard's ever done. You know, he's a brown noser. That's it. I've got no time for, for him if you, if you can't tell. Whatever. He, he may have come up with some great ideas in the past, like, you know, Hell in a Cell and all this sort of stuff, whatever. But, you know, we're in 2019 now. We don't need these old guys doing it. We just don't. We just don't need these old guys doing creative. I'm sorry. Come on, Mick Foley, Sam. 
yeah come on Jimmy work your way up and please please have some have some creative ideas for the love of God because it's dire I mean this Friday Smackdown uh, we'll move on to this this Friday Smackdown whatever it, it is what it is this is the first one under Bruce Pritchard there was nothing remarkable on this Smackdown whatsoever no, you had a few good matches to just let, your main thing was you Raymond Daniel Bryan saying that lot at the beginning of the show and then did the show yeah the best thing about that show was Miz <laughs> yeah so Miz Miz, Miz, uh, Miz TV with Bailey and Sasha yeah that was that was entertaining but that's all Miz like that's all Miz and <laughs> you just weren't expecting to basically be calling Bailey the the, the Brock Lesnar Paul Heyman yeah that was that was good I like that but that's like that's all Miz but Miz is everyone Miz is great like they they put a lot of trust in Miz for, to, run, to run the mic some Muppet over, over there don't quite realise though that Miz is quite good and quite good in the ring I yeah. not mention his name yeah someone from a, a, a oh yeah Dave Meltzer yeah, yeah some, some, I was about to be a bit more subtle and say some observer but yeah he uh yeah, whatever. We won't get into Dave Meltzer's views on the Miz. I like the Miz. Like he's never going to be a, a world class, you know. He's the working Kenny man. Omega, fucking Will Ospreay in ring technician, because that's not what the Miz is supposed to be. Like that isn't the Miz. No, he's a working man. Exactly. Well, he's pretty much holding the most internet titles. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I love the Miz. So I'm not going to even get into that. So we agree on. We've always agreed on. We um. So yeah, I don't know. I know. Smack, Smackdown was an okay show. It had. A bit of a thread for it, you know, the Roman yeah. Shinsuke thing, which is something. And then um, I did quite like the way they led into the women's match for the number one contenders, where they did it right after the Miz and Bailey's interview, because they all came down, had a bit to say. Bailey had that thing, and I hope Nikki Cross does pretty well in that match. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it is what it is. There's nothing remarkable happening at all. Well, I mean. Uh, the ratings have just come in for SmackDown. They've lost another five hundred thousand viewers this no. week. So they they were down a million viewers from week week one to two, and Eric Bischoff got the can. So they now were. they've lost five hundred thousand viewers. No, yeah, but they've lost another five hundred thousand viewers. Second week, they so, should have bought in Austin, let Undertaker and Austin Cole do their, their yeah, bit. do the shit which they should have done in the first place. <laughs> but look. Week one to week two, they lose a million viewers. Eric Bischoff gets fired. Week two to week three, not they not working more than eleven hours. Week two to week three, they lose five hundred thousand viewers. So why isn't Bruce Pritchard getting fired? You know, that's a big freaking drop. Because he's very good with his tongue and a poo ring. Yeah, that is nice. It was a sixteen percent decline in overall ratings. Ridiculous. And yeah, they're they're, they're going to be fine with that. Next week. SmackDown's not going to be on Fox Sports. It's on FS1. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, because so they've got... What series is going on? Oh, uh, whatever. Some sports. Some, some American sports. Uh, they said it once and I can't remember. Yeah, I can't I remember. I have to wait for the whole show. They mentioned that once. Yeah, let's move on from that. <laughs> let's move on from the fact that we are being pushed to the lower network. So next week, everyone's going to be like, we're SmackDown. Yeah. They mentioned it once. once. Yeah, I assume they've <laughs> tweeted it out once as well. So it's like they, they, they want people to forget that oh, SmackDown's being pushed to the secondary network because, you know, funnily enough, the sports is taking priority. What's the better that it doesn't come back up? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> could you imagine? God, that'd be hilarious. Yeah, so, well, but I think that now sets a very good precedent, really, isn't it? SmackDown will be on Fox Sports... Unless something better, unless something better comes along. <laughs> That's literally it. That's literally it, which is so funny. They're going to stay on Fox Sports until any other for, uh, form of sports is on the show, and then they're like, bye. Yep. 
That's great. Uh, so also this week we had the what third instalment of the Wednesday Night Wars NXT versus AEW. AEW once again outdrawing NXT by quite a way. They they lost some viewers, but uh, which is probably to be expected. You know they're going to start leveling out for a new brand. But the show itself at, at AEW, I loved it. I thought it was great. It was. I said to this year, anyone, it was really good for those matches. The matches were really quite good and flowing and entertaining. Just out of matches, you didn't have much to do with storylines or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. They're struggling a little bit in creating stories for other things. So I think well, it's not like Cody's this, got this, a good story going. You know, for your thing, it's like last week, out of, out of a wrestling match last week, they were doing good with storylines mm. out of ring. This week, they sort of done the reverse. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it was as strong as week two in, in that yeah. instance. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think they did the reverse. I don't think because I don't think it was. Because I think I think this week they focused a lot more on making stars. You know, making individual wrestlers like making a Scorpio Sky in that in that first match, making a Darby Allen. You know, I think that was what their focus was this this time, making a Marco stunt or whatever. You know, trying to make people like the individual people but they also did some good storytelling stuff I mean they did a great bit of storytelling with John Moxley and Pac yeah which was um, in a match yeah but it's still good yeah that's, that's what I'm saying yeah but like that, but that's always going to be AW AW's always going to focus on in-ring storytelling yeah but that's what I'm saying last week they managed to do stuff our ring stories but they, they only really did one thing last week they did like the Chris Jericho in a circle thing and this week and then what, they replaced, did what replaced that the was Kenny Omega and stuff and, outside of a ring yeah but that was the same thing as like the John Moxley thing this week like you know yeah, it's, but it's not part of the match as such was, it was in the match when they did it yeah but it's not the same thing it's not it like it is because it was in the match and how the match ended yeah but he walked away from the ring that's the whole point of the, the thing yes, so but it was in the match it's how yeah, the match but, ended but when you, you say can't like, then say it's like last when, week when, when you, they wasn't no, actually in a match when you say like in ring storytelling that's all about doing moves and all that sort of stuff so it's like to me him leaving the match isn't to do with the match itself to be fair like that's a character development thing and a story development thing which isn't like just a match because I think if you were just to say it was just matches people would think that there was no uh, no storytelling really but well, like, no but, but what I'm saying is there wasn't more story matches being told outside of the but ring but they've never done that they've not done that everything's been in the ring like well, that's what AEW's going to do like Kenny and that thing it happened on a ramp it wasn't but in a match no, it had nothing to do with that nah, it was if it's in, inside the arena is, is inside the arena like because yeah, they're never going to do it I'm on about when you're having an actual wrestling match and they're doing a story in. I, but like I don't know I just I, I can't see that. I think an actual wrestling match is, it doesn't matter because it's like John Moxley leaving just because it was between the bells I don't think it changes anything anyway whatever it doesn't really matter they, they done they it probably, does because you were getting very passionate they, about your argument they so done it does very, you. they done very well in outside storytelling this week actually in the sense of they done something which they haven't done before because they've done the Cody video package so that was outside of the ring that was actually outside the ring videos to try and build customers mm, at, at the end of the day not on the show on Road 2 and stuff they well, have done some bits of it yeah very small they've done match. bits with, with uh, MJF they did bits was it Derby in the first week first episode they did one with no they do, they've done one like the pay-per-views and stuff but in their in, on the show they've done very very little video packages because that's been like my biggest criticism of them is that they've not been building the stars they've not been building like video pa- because 
I mean, I said it on Twitter this week, is that, God, they should have... If no one's watched it, if you haven't watched the Darby Allen video package from Road 2, from AEW's Road 2, God damn it, go and watch it because it's phenomenal. And I don't understand why they wouldn't just put that on TV because it tells you all about Darby Allen, about how much of a psychopath he is. And it's like, it's a great bit of video, but they, but we've never actually been introduced to Darby Allen on TV. We, we saw him last week face Jimmy Havoc, and then we saw him this week face Chris Jericho. But we've never actually been told anything other than what the commentators have told him, unless you watch the pay-per-views. If you watch the pay-per-views, then they've done a video package, but that was on the pay-per-views, which is two different things, two different audiences altogether, like massively different, like 900,000 people different, you know, ridiculous. Um, but this week they've done the Cody package, which is the first one they've actually done properly, like a real thought-out package, um, building the, the, the Cody Jericho thing and I think that was I think they need to do more of that because people I don't know people think that everyone knows these people they just don't like they just don't they'll know a Jericho maybe they'll know the road's name maybe which they don't really use but well he's not allowed to use the road no he is he, 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 he confirmed he is Cody Rhodes himself last week confirmed he is allowed to use it he just doesn't want to he did he said in an interview that WWE's not holding it hostage that he can use it but he would much rather use the American Nightmare Cody to try and distance himself from like his father's legacy as such let me create my own legacy yeah but unfortunately in the storylines when you do it with your brother you're using the whole Dustin <laughs> yeah. yeah. family and also the American Nightmare is a play on the American <laughs> Dream <laughs> so yeah whatever but yeah, he, he, he did that but the show kicked off with the Scorpio Sky match and that was that was great. Do you know what I loved about that more than anything? Was that Scorpio Sky wasn't in his goddamn ring gear when that match started. Well, he also wrestled in one trainer. In one, train. one trainer. God damn it, it's such a simple little thing which, like, WWE always does this thing where everyone's always in their gear, just always constantly in their gear. I loved that. I thought that was brilliant. They made Scorpio <laughs> Sky look important. It's a shame that Daniel Bryan had to get dropped on his head. Christopher Daniels. I was really confused then. Yeah. I am. Yeah. You know what I mean. Christopher Daniels. I was like, Daniel Bryan? Um, Daniel Bryan gets dropped on his head anyway. Yeah, he gets dropped on his head anyway. That's why he doesn't get to wrestle most of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, he got completely screwed up. Like, his neck was just ow, basically. Well, Probably means you've got to be careful with his neck. He's already screwed up anyway. Yeah, but it didn't look good. Uh, we had Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy versus the Lucha Bros because Luchasaurus is injured. He's got a torn hamstring out anywhere between four to six months, which is... That match made oh. Jungle Boy look friggin' amazing, though. Yeah, Jungle Boy looked great. It, I don't know. I've, I'm so torn on this match. It was an enjoyable match what, to because watch. Because the two Mexicans be at the four-foot kid. Yeah, pretty much. Those bullies. Oh, God damn it. It was annoying. I would have been all for it. And I am all for it. I still am all for it. I like Marco Stunt. I think he's entertaining as hell. And he, he God damn it, he just works as a rag doll for people. Like, people just throw him around. One day uh, he'll be your AEW champion. Right, right up into, God damn it. Right up into, like, he kicked out of certain things he shouldn't have kicked out of. I was all for it. And then I was a bit like, oh, come on, just, just end Maybe it. Maybe he had to kick out of it because Jungle Boy wasn't in the right place. Yeah, I was like, oh come on! I don't know. Like it was, it was a fun, enjoyable match, but also, Jesus Christ! Like maybe you're putting the blame on the wrong person, and it's Jungle Boy that was in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shift the blame. It, um, it could have been. You don't know. You weren't there. It was something. It was something. It was fun. I don't know. Marco stunt. But what was what was interesting for me was that when you watched the crowd before the match, they didn't really care, and then at the end of the match, 
they were in it they were sold they were in it they were all for Marco's stunt everyone um, the Lucha Bros were amazing as well they normally are they're just they're, they're phenomenal like you can't even say anything they're just phenomenal they make everyone look a million bucks uh, we spoke about John Moxley pack thing that was that was fun was I'm good. still loving the way that they constantly every week have these barbed bar wire items yeah. they're held barbed wires up a mop or a broom the cleaner Kenny Omega that's who I want to know who he stole it from. You know he won't do that himself. Well, he's, he, his gimmick is the cleaner, so yeah, but you he's know keeping he it himself clean. You know he won't bob wine up himself. Oh, no, John Moxley done it from. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was a good finish. It was like I was always wondering how the hell they were getting out of that that match without anyone like losing clean. So that was a good way of ending that. I was quite glad they didn't screw over Hangman again. They've been doing that. A I lot know. I'm, I was worried that Hangman's going to be the fool guy constantly, which is a shame. But no, they, especially they were good. as he's supposed to be the franchise player. Yeah, they've sort of pushed him into the back seat a bit now, haven't they? But wait till after Christmas. Yeah, hopefully. And then our main event, Darby Allen versus Chris Jericho. God damn it! Like, firstly, Please. oh yeah, I had a little bit of feelings that it reminded me a little bit of the Cody match where I swear yep. something like that he got taped up as well with his hand or something. Yeah, that's his big thing. He does that. <laughs> Darby Allen does that quite a bit. Like he um he gets taped up. Uh, quite a lot I think he likes that I think that's his like work what you it's, mean he's into that kind of like weird kink, bonding, that yeah, bondage, bondage stuff in the bedroom yeah? yeah I think he's I think he's into that like um, as like a gimmick thing like that he he gets tied up to be able to do like the coffee drop and shit it quite weird because if I remember rightly the amount of weapons we've seen I didn't think we were having any kind of weapons on TV yeah that changed really quickly didn't it yeah Tony the Carl, second week Tony Khan being like Look, you won't see this stuff on TV and like, straight away it was all out the fucking window look how AEW works was, these days eh? oh everything they'll, they'll, they'll change on a dime what like we'll have the best TV doing thing on that one out the window pretty quick didn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> no comment so Look, there was it's there was two, proven, but it's not going to be, it's still not the best deal around, is it? Yeah, yeah. There was two there was two um, things out of that match, which is firstly Chris Jericho is just fucking amazing. You know, the man just managed to change when he was riding that skateboard. I legitimately laughed out loud. It was so ridiculous. And he it would have been funny for how fat he is at the moment. It broke. I know. Just straight away, just snap straight down the middle the second he stands on it. God, that watch, was a missed opportunity. Watch Derby's fair. Let's go, Lips quivering. Chris, Chris Jericho made Darby Allen look like a star, and Darby Allen is a star. Like he, he just God well, damn yeah. it, he's the most. He incredible. got shown that for a pay per view as well, so you know he, the people that are watching it know that he can do it. The people I see shitting on Darby Allen, I, I'm I'm sorry, they're not living in 2019. Like they're just not. What, like Jimmy Cornette. Like Jim Cornette. Like freaking like people like Disco Inferno who think that these smaller people can't get over you know they're living in they're living in a different era these there was there was a time I think I think this is a great way of explaining like when people watch wrestling in the 80s they wanted a Hogan they wanted a a, uh, you know a savage they wanted those people people that can do six minutes yeah but they wanted those big bustle bound guys because they wanted to go oh wow that's someone I can never be promise though in the 80s Randy Savage looks small yeah yeah but they were like Lex Luger whatever but like they they wanted to look at these people and go look these are people who I can never be so I want to watch them do this stuff nowadays what people want to do is they want to watch someone who's like them they want to see these smaller guys they want to see people who are just the everyman because they want to look at them and be like hey that could be me and I think that's what the shift's been we'll go by a wrestling game and it can be yeah don't buy WWE 2K20 um, not until they always put some patches yeah but I think that's been the shift in the last 30 years has been from this they want superheroes to they want the everyman 
And I think Darby Allen, the Bucks, Cody, they are the everyman. They're not six foot eight. They're not big muscle bound guys. They are pretty generic looking people, you know. And they I think to like to tape themselves up, apparently. Yeah, and I think I think that's the shift. And I think it's a shift for the better because I think people can relate to a Darby Allen. Um, he may be a bit so mental. Not, so not quite a Brian Cage, isn't it? Not, not so much a Brian. But they need those people. They still need their Braun Strowman's, their Brock Lesnar's, but they also need their everyman. So they need their Kevin Owens, their their everyman. Because it's funny, like Stone Cold being the everyman. Stone Cold was still a big freaking dude, you know. Like he wasn't a tall dude, but he was a built like a shit brick house, you know. He, I don't know. He was getting when he was on finger like he drank way too much beer, so it was he got, a bit he got that gut, yeah. But he got better as he got older when he was injured and had to do films. But, you know, we got the yeah, That's why people like Sami Zayn. That's why they like Sami. Well, they like Kevin Owens. Title. Yeah, I know. But and and then in AEW, they we want a Darby Allen, we want the Bucks, we want people like that because they remind Jimmy us of ourselves. Havoc. Jimmy, Jimmy Havoc, yeah, exactly. Those people because they remind. Maybe not Joe Jenner because he's just a fucking lunatic. But you know, they want we yeah, want those people around. That, that that he fits. They're quite Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. But Darby Allen's a mental case. But like you know, see, and the thing is. We've watched it, that that documentary series. I think it's called The Wrestlers. I can't, I, I'll have to find it, but I'm sure it's called The Wrestlers. We watched a bit of it where Darby Allen was backstage, you know, and he, he, he cut himself open and all that stuff. And like, you see how much he actually cares about the business and like how. Well, they actually used that in one of the video things for, up to Cody's. Yeah, the Road yeah, 2 videos. Yeah, they used like a snippet of that. And there's like a much longer version of it, about a 30 minute version of it um, from a documentary series yeah, produced by Vice. That. Right, produced by Vice, Vice News. It, you've got to watch it. It's amazing. And they follow him at different indies and stuff. And he talks about his. Um, his real life character is basically the same as him in, in Ring. He's, he's, you know, he's. I the bits that I watch. From, he's like uh, a manic depressant, basically. AEW but, is very towards whatever. Yeah, it's well, it's really good. But like, anyone that doesn't think Darby Allen can't put asses in seats in 2019 is wrong. That's that's what I'll say. Is they're wrong because he may be freaking smaller than me, but I, 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 I I'd love to see him wrestle. Will freaking Osprey. Yeah. But I, want every, I, want, but I want everyone to wrestle Will Osprey because he's <laughs> the fucking best in the world. I the, the the finish to the match I thought was exactly how it basically how it should be, you know. Like, you know, you keep Darby Allen over and Jack, Jake Hager comes and just fucking knocks him out, whatever. I think that was perfect. I think it was great. Um, yeah, but I'm just Chris Jericho looks like such a push there at the moment because he just can't do anything by yeah. himself. Which I think's fine. I think it's fine for like a heel, like you know, he's a little chicken shit heel. I think yeah, it's but fine. even when he's partnered with people, he still has to have people coming in and fucking help him out. Yeah, I think I think it's perfect for like heel Chris Jericho to be that little chicken shit heel right now. Until um, Hangman comes along and fucks them all. Up. Yeah, until I, I I hope I hope that Cody doesn't get the win over him. Oh no, you won't. Because I'm hoping it's MJF screwing him over. Yeah, I'm thinking that's what's going to happen there uh, as well. Uh, because I think that story, which they told in that video package, even though they sort of ignored the fact that... So in that video package, it was like Cody being like, my dad never got to see me win the world's title or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I've never won the world's title, blah, blah, blah. They ignored the NWA world's title. They ignored the Ring of Honor world's title because they're sort of pretending they didn't exist. That was sort of what they're doing because they're saying, oh, we hey, need I to track this. I saw that part don't do WWE and bullshit and try and delete yeah. titles like they did to Ric Flair. But it seems and then so bring one back when you feel like it. <laughs> yeah, but it seems as though they've they've kind of done that because they they it was the whole story was I've never won the world's title, 
I'm doing this for my dad's legacy, d- ignoring the NWA and Ring of Honor. But I'm going to do it in my own legacy. Yeah, yeah, but also on my own legacy. Um, so I think him losing to Jericho and carrying that chase on, you know, going through MJF and blah, 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 carrying that chase on is exactly what I need to do. And also, when do you think they're going to do, like, what they have, like, the Miz on WWE? When do you think MJF's going to get his own little talk, talk show, show for... Uh... Yeah. Oh, it's, they've got to do it. They've got to do it at some point. It's <laughs> fucking great. It's, it's, I, I think the problem is if they do it, they they worry that people are going to make that comparison and be and do it but it's like do it Why the who cares not? yeah compare two great people on a mic who cares that's yeah. the idea yeah exactly and who, they're not the idea is who's doing it better yeah exactly and like they're not the same person yeah it's like they do the same shtick or whatever sort of but like MJF is like a TV 14 version oh, they may compare it but you have the person who did it originally as your heavyweight or world champion yeah yeah exactly yeah that's a good point um, no I, I, I don't know it's, I think they've got all the pieces in place for AEW to do to do really well over the next few months they just need to find months. the right superglue yeah exactly they just need to figure out where the fuck to put them right now um, because well I think what they need to do is just sit down and place their journey of how they're going forward yeah and I what, don't think any of them quite got the smarts for that right now no what's our year what is our year looking like because I don't know how they managed to kill Kenny Omega so quickly. Like, that's quite impressive to me. Kenny Omega was the hottest commodity in wrestling 12 months ago, bar none. By making you know, news every match he ever gets in. Which is, like, which is fine if they do it in a, in a different way. But it's Apart like, from one match, but they say he didn't win it. Yeah, their ratings are a bit weird. But they, you know, they, they managed to just make people not care about Kenny Omega, which is a very, very hard thing to do. He's not. Pro- he's probably not going to be in the top five wrestlers of the year on, like, you know, the Observer, which is yeah. But Observer, I said anyone in AEW right now, they could have, or at least the All Elite crew yeah. won't be in it due to the fact that they've they not really wrestled matches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, but it's like I don't know. It's just really bizarre how they've just made people not really care about him. I mean, they, you know, the All Elite wrestling people will care about him, but they've managed to not make him this megastar. Like, which he was. When they signed him, he was this fucking megastar. Well, I think that's part of the thing at the moment for his story. You know, he, he, no matter what he tries to do right now, he can't win. Yeah. I think part of it will be, it may have a thing where he snaps with John Moxley and that's when he goes to, He's gonna go to Hill. Park Hill. Yeah, yeah. That's, some dark character, who knows? Yeah, that's obviously where they're going. But and it's then sort Moxley of like, lays him out. But it's like, God damn it, they could have... I don't know. I don't know. They didn't want... So this was something which I've heard discussed quite a lot in the last couple of weeks, is that the AEW guys have been very conscious about not wanting to put themselves over that much anymore since they started TV on pay-per-views they don't really care but on TV they don't really want to put themselves over because they don't want to look like Hogan Savage Flair Brett from the past when they were in WCW because they don't want to be those guys who hey that don't work for me brother you know like the old Hogan thing so for example Private Party beating the Young Bucks last week probably wasn't the best call. If Private Party don't win that tournament, I'm going to be pissed. Like, I love Private Party. I don't think they should have beaten them because at the end of the day, you put your titles on. When you're a new brand, you put your titles on the biggest commodity. And as much as I don't like it, it's the Bucks. The Bucks are the biggest commodity. You build your other stars up, up there, but knocking your biggest commodity out in the first round devalues that so much. And I think well, it's a bad call. There's some other brothers that may disagree with them not being the best. Lucha Bros. Yeah. No, but it's like, but Lucha Bros aren't known to an American market or mass market. Like I agree, they're probably better than the Bucks in ring, one hundred percent. But around enough of the American lot to know them. 
Yeah, but they're not as big, anywhere near as big on the American market. Like the Young Bucks are a genuinely hot topic commodity, which sell T-shirts and sell merch and, you know, put, put asses in seats. So it's a, it's, a, it's a really weird one that they decide to... I get why, because they want to big up Pride Party, and I'm all for that. I love Pride Party. I thought they were freaking amazing. I thought that match was amazing last week. But yeah, it's really weird. And it's like, so same with Kenny Omega. He doesn't want to put himself over because he doesn't want to look like the old Hogan thing and all that. And it's like, you can win sometimes, you know. Yeah, like, but I think he's just doing that kind of storyline where he goes down and it's where Yeah, he, that is the storyline. But the reason that he's doing that is because they don't want to do the Hogan thing. Like, that's that's it. They, they don't want they don't want the Bucks and Kenny and Cody to be winning constantly although Co- Co- Cody is because that's the thing he's going to lose and he's going to go down but like they don't want to well, make them the Hogan like thing the way because they took what the Young Bucks to finally lose until the last pay-per-view or something like that yeah so. but but no it's I don't know it's a, it's a weird one it's like I think I think Omega and Moxley is one of the hottest programs in wrestling right now. I think it's really cool and things can go well. But I think how do I get a feeling it's going to turn into a triple threat kind of thing? Well, that's what I was about to say. I think uh, Moxley and Pac is even hotter. But the problem is, it's also Kenny and Pac. Yeah, yeah. I think the three of them are going. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a screwy finish of some kind with with Pac at uh, full gear or whatever. But yeah, I think that's really good. Um, I think the, the Cody Jericho thing going forward is pretty strong as well. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch, to watch Omega Janela yet on AEW Dark. I haven't mean, seen that. No, and everyone's saying that it's just like they just kill each other. So I'm going to try and watch that as soon as I can. Um, because apparently it's carnage, basically, for 20 minutes. People have been, I've seen so many people being like, um, it's one of Kenny Omega's best matches in the last however many years and that they should have just cut out 25 minutes of this week's show and put that on the show because it was better than anything on the show basically so yeah that's that's getting good reviews um, ratings wise ratings wise AEW's doing well NXT's doing bad AEW's doing very well in the UK uh, really they're doing around about around about six or seven times the viewers which WWE are doing in the UK so that's very good um, the infrastructure's still not there the deal's still not there properly so it's still not going up on ITV Hub on time it's uh, it's not airing live still which is a pain in the ass. but it's here it's here in the UK in some means Fight TV works well it's not crashed which is a godsend because Fight TV's renowned for crashing all the time so that's a godsend but I think it's doing well here in the UK all in all uh, other than that I don't think we've really got much else to talk about. I think that is This Week in Wrestling. Because This Week in Wrestling has been dominated by Eric Bischoff and AEW. Which is a, a new thing. Freaking Eric Bischoff back in the news. I can't wait to see if he's under a non-disclosure agreement and if he gets to go on his podcast this week and just talk shit about Vince McMahon. Eric Bischoff will do what he wants. God, I hope I hope he hasn't got a non-disclosure. What's because the bit in the next week he suddenly ends up walking out to AEW? 
God damn it, that'd be so funny. I mean, the music I'm back. Well, I do not want Eric Bischoff anywhere near AEW, but it would be freaking great. How long before Hogan suddenly jumps in? No, AEW? absolutely not. On that note, before on that note, before you jinx it, that's all we have time for this week. With another edition of Straight Edge Wrestling Podcast. Head on over and follow us at Twitter at sew underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Please subscribe and like this on iTunes, Spotify, wherever um, you are listening. We're out. Hogan kills the AEW in the fifth week. We're out. (laughs) 